best of frantic times! The 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Best of Frantic Times. With me is... Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chatto. And uh, we're so happy today at this show. We're very, very excited because... Super we're, excited. We're going to play a sketch that a lot of people have been requesting. That's right. And uh, it's one of our favorite characters because it was always so much fun to do. Paul, hit it. Todd Booster. Destination Mars. Wow, you're jolly. <laughs> That's my sci-fi sound effects for crying out loud. Come in. Good morning, Mr. President. I got here as fast as I could. You looked worried on the visual phone. I'm glad you're here, Todd Booster. Our scientists have just discovered that a huge death ray capable of huge deaths is being built on the planet Mars, and it's aimed right at Earth. Wow! What'll they think of next? No, Todd. You've got to go to Mars and stop that death ray. Ah, but golly gosh, Mr. President, no one has ever blown up Earth before. I wouldn't want to stand in the way of progress. But the death ray is the work of your evil nemesis nemesis meniscus nim is a foe. The evil galactic warlord Moo Moo Bunny Lips. <laughs> moo Moo Bunny Lips? Yes. My Michael Nesmith. The big bad guy? Yes, and if you don't stop him, Earth will be destroyed. You can count on me, Mr. President. Why, if it isn't little Todd Booster. Professor Gumbo, I've got to get to Mars to destroy an evil death ray aimed at Earth. Do you know what this is, Todd? No, Professor. This is a beaker. Well, there's, there's no time for my science lesson, Professor. I've got to get to Mars before Moo Moo Bunny Lips vaporizes the Earth. And do you know what this is, Todd? No, Professor. It's the same beaker. <laughs> My goodness, lad, your mind must be a million miles away. But then your cerebral cortex would be very oh, long. Professor, Professor, I gotta get to Mars! To well, Mars! I've got this super deluxe interplanetary rocket that will get you to Venus in five minutes. But I don't wanna go to Venus, Professor. Do you know what this is, Todd? It's the same beaker again. You're learning, lad. <laughs> Now, what's this? Ah, uh, the beaker. Look, Professor, how do I go up in this rocket? Oh, you don't go up in it, you go up on it. Hold my beaker for a second. Ooh, that's not your beaker. Then what's this? Oh, that's your beaker. Good, good. <laughs> now, you sit on top of the spaceship on the saddle, you grab the reins, and you put a dime in this little slot. Professor, this is just one of those grocery store pony rides that rocks back and forth. Good and luck, back and Todd. Forth. What? What? steer this thing. Oh, there's Mars dead ahead. Ah, made it. Um. Todd Booster! <laughs> Moo Moo Bunny Lips, I'm here to stop your death ray. You can't stop me. The death ray is going to blow up the Earth in one minute. It's hidden somewhere on this planet, and you'll never find it. Ah! 
thing you're standing in front of? Lucky guess. <laughs> but you'll never deactivate it in time. Ah! Here's a switch marked off. Here goes nothing. Ah, <laughs> oh, there, that got it. Curse you, Todd Booster. You foiled my wicked and essentially unmotivated plans again. Now you promise not to threaten us again. I promise. Now, Todd. Yeah? Come behind this canal. I'll give you some candy if you'll let me show you something. Oh, neat, it's a beaker. Wow. <laughs> the travel agency? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll leave. I didn't mean to bother you. Oh, sir, sir, don't leave. Yes, this is Travel Unlimited. Yes, I'm Tina Roper. Well, won't you come in and have a seat? You won't hit me, will you? Well, of course not. It's just that you are holding that pencil in a threatening manner. No, no, I, I just want to get your name. It's Newton. Newton Phoebe. The queue is silent. I see. Um, so, Mr. Phoebe, you're planning to take a vacation abroad, are you? Yes, something that can match the excitement of my daily life. What do you do, Mr. Phoebe? Inventory control. I see. I control inventory. Well, wow. it, it shouldn't be too difficult to find something just as exciting. And I, uh, I think I have just the vacation for you, an African safari. Look at these brochures. Ooh, what's that? Oh, that's the dusty Land Rover roaring over broken trails past tribes of headhunters. No, what's that? Oh, that's a salamander. Ooh! <laughs> Mr. Phoebe! Mr. Phoebe! Mr. Phoebe! Please, no salamanders. They terrify me. They might sit on my lap. Well, how much money are you looking forward to spending, Mr. Phoebe? I don't care. Take it all. I'm sorry. Don't hit me. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm not going to hit you, Mr. Phoebe. Then Hard. why are you getting that baseball bat out of your filing cabinet? Well, I I'm getting a brochure on Hawaii. Look, Mr. Phoebe, sun-drenched beaches, women in bikinis. <laughs> oh, uh, get up, Mr. Phoebe, get up. Oh. oh, Mother, I just had a terrible dream. No, 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 no. Don't worry, Mr. Phoebe, we can arrange a flight to someplace tamer. A flight? Yes. Ooh. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Mr. Phoebe, Mr. Phoebe! Don't you like flying, Mr. Phoebe? If God had intended us to fly, he would have given us bigger vomit bags. <laughs> well, you can take the bus. No, my heart's not that strong. 
car? What if I run myself over? Bike? My pant leg might get caught in the chain. Listen, Mr. Phoebe, you're wasting my time. Why don't you just go home? Yes, that sounds exciting. How much? Uh, $900. Great. Here's the check. When do I leave? Oh, right now. Uh, the next elevator leaves in a minute. Hey, mister. Wanna buy a Blackberry? I'm willing to toss in some Nortel stocks. Where are you going? This is the best of frantic times. Something's on Henry On top of his head Something's on Henry It's purple and red I'm sure that it wasn't on him yesterday Perhaps it's some new sort of stylish toupee And if it annoys him, he doesn't say He simply ignores it and goes on his way Sitting on top of his head Something's on Henry Something not pleasing Something's on Henry Its size is increasing it's been on his head since he stepped out his door It was big as a bread box as he reached the store Though it hasn't deterred him from doing his chores I've never seen something on Henry before Something's on Henry It's down to his vest Something's on Henry It's eaten his chest that red purple something has grown very bold It sits right on Henry's head like a mold It's down to his waist and it's sad to behold It clings on quite tight and won't loosen its hold That something is hungry as hungry can be And as I am looking it reaches his knee It snorts as it gobbles and chuckles with glee It finishes Henry then looks straight at me Something is starting to head this way I can't stand around here, I must get away I don't want to be its next meal for today Oh, red, purple something, don't catch me, I pray Sitting on top of his head Something's on me now I really don't mind on me now and I feel quite fine it's sitting on top of my head sorry for cutting you off in mid-sentence but I'm Billy Camp and it's time to play the exciting new game show Get Cut Off in Mid-Sentence our first contestant on Get Cut Off in Mid-Sentence Bobby, I'm Great, Vi Vivian. Let's meet your challenger, Fred. Thanks, Billy. I'm glad. Okay, Vivian, pick a category from our big... I'll pick Bible For history. ten points, what did Sodom and Gomorrah... Dropper tubing and lots of... That's, that's absolutely... Sports to block with... Okay, listen carefully. Spread eagle. We'll be right back after this word from... So, Peter, uh, remember we took voice lessons. Yes. Do you, do you remember um, how each of us approached it? Which each? 
<laughs> You're just doing a voice right now. Ah, since I mentioned it, we're doing our voice. That's yes. right. Um, so each of us approached the dedication of, of uh, uh, voice management um, differently before each live show. So how did how did you approach it? Were you uptight? Were you calm about it? Did you just do it for a short amount of time? I can't remember. Um, I, I no, I didn't do it. I walked around and just made sure I was relaxed. And walking around made you relax. Yeah, or just just noodling. But I was aware of how I was supposed to feel, and so I was able. To, I didn't. Ha- I'm not very tense, so I didn't have a long way to go. You're not tense. Oh gosh, no. You come across tense. Uh, intense. But uh, okay, okay. So I am confusing intense with being ruddy, impossible to deal with. No, because I'm constantly blowing <laughs> off steam, so I'm fine. Oh, oh. Now, you and Rick would fall asleep on the stage and do your breathing. It's true. Yes, and then Dan went off to do what? I think he'd go read in the corner or something. Well, that's right, some Bertolt so you just have So you just had to find your center, or you had to focus. Right. And, and you're... So, okay, so all this time, I mistook your intensity for uptightness. I, I apologize. Oh. Well, After all these years, Peter, I, I'm sorry. Oh, there's no need. Okay. You little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Phil. Well, good morning, Dr. Newman. Did my test come back from the lab? Yes. I'm afraid they were, they were positive. Positive? Does that mean an operation? No, Phil. No operation. It's beyond anything we can do. You mean? Yes, Phil, I'm sorry. How long do I have? Four months. Six at the outside. My God, six months. Oh, my God. All right, cut. Oh, magic, magic. I love that. Okay, now let's do the same scene again. Look now. And uh, we'll go for some close-ups of you, okay, Doc? Who the hell are you? I'm sorry, Phil, baby. I'm Paul, the director. The director of what? Paul, no, not yet. He doesn't know. I don't but know Doc, what? you told me you'd get his permission. Permission for what? I was just about to, Paul. I, I didn't know you'd already set up. Set up for oh, what? Oh, is my face red? Red about what? What's going on? Phil. What? Paul here yeah. directs documentaries for the CBC. <laughs> He's doing a special on your disease, and he's going to film your death. He's going to film my death? Now, with compassion, of course, Phil, baby. (laughs) Film my death? You know, lots of soft focus, you know. Film my death? Paul, you'd better leave. Yeah, right. Okay, boys, wrap it up. Film my death? What an honor! You're the guy who does all those documentaries. That was the long, long farewell. You're Paul Hackner. In the flesh. I love your films. I've seen them all. Slow death by coughing. (laughs) The agony in the agony. A farewell to arms and legs. (laughs) Then uh, you'll be in the flick. Roll cameras. All right, boys. Everybody ready? And action. Phil, you have just months to live. What's going through your mind? I'm gonna be in pictures! <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo. I gotta call my mom, she's gonna be so proud of this! Proud? But Phil, you're going to die! Oh, aren't we all? But how many of us go out on their own super special? Uh, just a minute, uh, 
what, 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 what's going on here? Hey, when's the show going to be on, Paul? Well, that depends on how long you live, Phil. Uh, Ooh, I hope it's soon. <laughs> the actor nominations, all that, you know, the guys at work are going to be green when they see this thing. I can't wait to see their faces. But, Phil, you're going to be dead by the time this airs. Oh, that's right. The price of stardom, eh? Oh, all right, all right. Cut, 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 cut. This, this isn't going to work. All right, wrap it up, boys. Everybody go home for the day. That's it. What's wrong, Paul, baby? It's, it's just not entertaining, Phil. I'm sorry. Entertaining? You want entertaining? I can tap dance. Phil, Phil, get back into bed. Phil. No, no, Phil, Phil. Baby, hey, 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 hey. Listen to me, huh? You're, you're, you're not what we're looking for. Uh, you're too happy and contented. It makes lousy TV. Try not to feel bad about it, Phil. Try not to feel bad. I won't be on TV, and you say try not to feel bad. You snatch away everything I ever wanted, and you say don't feel bad. It's not fair. I don't deserve this. Cancel before I had a chance to do anything. It's all wasted. It's so meaningless. I had it all before me, and I lost it. Why me? Why did you build up my hopes and then cut them off? I feel abandoned. I'm alone. I'm scared. Please, you can't let me go like this. All right, cat, cat, magic time, Phil. Was I good, Paul? Was oh, I good? Oh, hey, you stick with me. You're going to be an ex star. I love it. I'll be in my Winnebago. Bye. All right. This is Eric Palepot in Corpus Christi, Texas, a city all but devastated by brutal Hurricane Arthur. I'm speaking with a survivor of the storm, Mr. Arthur Pierce. Mr. Pierce, what happened? Did you notice that both Hurricane Arthur and me, Arthur Pierce, have the same name? Yes. Anyway, what was the storm's devastating power like? Art was devastating to the best of my recollection. I call him Art. My friends call me Art. By what miracle did you survive Hurricane Arthur? It was ironic, really. What was ironic? Us having the same name. If it had been Hurricane Almer or Hurricane Aloysius, the situation would have been devoid of any real irony as we know it. Yes, but I was wondering... Irony per se. Yes, but you survived relatively unscathed. Scathe-wise, I'm relatively un. <laughs> My plan was fruitfully simple. I avoided being killed. Let me ask you this, Arthur. Are you referring to me, Arthur Pierce, or the mighty Hurricane Arthur, which only recently unleashed itself on this hapless bird? I meant you. <laughs> Confusion reigns supreme when I share the same first name as one of nature's capricious horrors. But the important thing is you survived. Can you tell us how? It was not easy. I was a fluke. I stayed with my sister Fern in Nebraska. Fern was a fluke, too. If you've ever danced with her, you'll know why. Then I came home here to ponder the irony in my survivor shirt. Note the dramatic rips, and even the alligator over the pocket is quite disheveled. But... 
But I assumed you stayed. Oh, no. Arthur and I may be on a first-name basis, but our camaraderie does not run so deep. This is Eric Palepot talking with Arthur. The greengrocer, not the capricious horror. Then Corpus Christi, sending him back to frantic times. Have you ever danced? Before we go, we should play the old-timey music. Oh, yeah. Yes, there we go, the old-timey music. Now, we play the old-timey music to remind people that this was recorded many, many years ago when you could say things about certain people and no one got offended. Uh, So, uh, keeping that in mind... This is a very offensive sketch, so enjoy it. This is Clint Trundle for Frantic Time Sports. Today we're gonna find out how overweight people can get into shape. My guest is an expert in fitness and fatness. Please welcome Otis Allison. Hello, Cliff. Heartfelt applause there. <laughs> Looks more like Otis Elevator. <laughs> well, Clint, my size helps me understand the uh, problems of overweight people. Well, pull up a park bench and tell us about it, Otis. <laughs> Thanks, Clint. <sighs> you know, Clint, I don't go on just any exercise show. No, only the ones with double doors, right? <laughs> But I decided to come on yours because you have a sense of humor. You're not afraid to kid. No, I, why should I be afraid to kid? What are you going to do, sweat on me? <laughs> <laughs> Keep laughing, Otis, so I can see where your mouth is. <laughs> oh, oh, but seriously, Clint, being overweight doesn't mean you can't participate. No, it just means you'll gross people out when you do. <laughs> no. Let's run through some of my basic exercises that I've worked up for people who are husky. Husky? A husky's a dog. You look more like an iceberg. (laughs) Now, that's enough kidding, Clint. Now, let's get started. I'll take off my robe. Okay. Oh, my God, you're naked. No, no, I have have shorts on here. (laughs) Where? Oh, under here. Uh, no, maybe it's this one. No? Five bucks says you don't know what color they are. Blue? Whatever it is, it's running. Hey, Clint, let's start our exercises with sit-ups. We'll lie on the floor. Hey, 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 careful. That's only reinforced concrete. (laughs) No, sit up. One, two. Those are sit-ups. You're not moving. Oh, I'm I'm really reaching here, Clint. Oh, I see. Now there's five extra folds in your belly. (laughs) I'm really working up a sweater. Yeah, will someone get my hip waders for me here? (laughs) Okay, now let's roll over. Why do I feel like throwing raw fish? (laughs) Okay, people. We're on our stomachs. Let's do push-ups. Put your hands on the floor. Good, they almost reached there, too. (laughs) One, two... 
One, two. You folks at home are lucky this two, is radio. One, two. Now, let's roll over on our backs. Oh. This is the best cleaning this floor has ever had. Now, well, what we're gonna do is lift our arms straight up, ready? And reach, oh. reach, oh. reach, reach. Thanks to your sweat, I've got salt stains on my hush puppy. I'm gonna stand in the chair here. Okay. Now, people, on your feet. Would you like a crane or something? Oh, no. No, I'm fine. Oh. Boy, there, now. Running on the spot. Oh, God. No! I'm cutting out. I'm getting all wet. No, stop it. Stop it. No! What? You, what? you can't run like that. This place is built on a fault line. Oh. Okay. I'm going to move on to... Chest exercise. Oh, no, no. No, this is a family show. Time's up. That's all the time we have. Any last words, Otis, before your heart attack? Well, Clint, I'd just like to tell, tell all the chunky people out there, whew, take that out and exercise. But not all at once. The Earth's crust is only so strong. <laughs> this has been Clint Trundle with Otis Elephant. Otis Ellison. Shut up, Porgy. The show's over. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, Rick here. I had to call in and tell you it happened again this week. Somebody actually asked me, do you just make up everything on the Frantic Podcast or do you script all those scenes? And I had to assure them that we are totally spontaneous. Folks, everything you are hearing is sound effect of train passing. Oh, no, that's the wrong page. Thank you, Mr. Canoe Head. Oh, wrong script. Hang on, where is it? My disability check, uh, my dental bill, here we go. Uh, page three, here we go. I can assure you everything you're hearing is totally spontaneous. I'll give you another option on that to edit. Totally spontaneous. You guys can fix that and edit. Ciao. Also, I might rewrite this. Uh, excuse me, miss. Is Mr. Bartlett in? I'm not a receptionist. Pardon me? Don't treat me like some Betty Boop receptionist. I'm not a receptionist. I'm a third-year psychology student. Someday, someday I'm going to write a book that will change everyone's lives. Is the uh, receptionist around? No, she's on holiday. I'm her summer replacement. Oh. So don't use that cutesy pie receptionist tone of voice. I'm a third-year psychology student. I know when somebody's talking down to me. I didn't mean and to talk... And stop using your only receptionist body language on me. May I see Mr. Bartlett? I'm sorry, he's not in at the moment. May I take a message? <laughs> Could you tell him Jack Wise of Wise Insurance dropped by? Freudian slip? Beg your pardon? You made a Freudian slip. You used a sexual reference without knowing it. You said thighs insurance. Did I? You probably see me as a desirable sex object. <laughs> I, I don't think I said thighs insurance. No, you never notice Freudian slips yourself. It's your subconscious sexual repression. Are you sure? Oh, yes, Mr. Thighs. We learned it in first year. <laughs> well, anyway, tell Mr. Bartlett I'm sorry I missed him. I'll call back. Freudian slip again. You said kissed him. I never said that. You never bed that? Really, Mr. Thighs. Now hold on here. Uh, Mr. Thighs, how bare you goose that shorts of language. But it's you who's doing it. <laughs> Mr. Thighs, I wish nude stop talking like that. But, but... But you should rear yourself. 
Please, Mr. Thighs, take your briefcase and get out of queer. Forget it, I'll call later. You'll do what? Good day. Wouldn't you like to know? Really, what a dirty-minded man. Oh, yes, make me a woman, big boy, yes, yes. Okay, we're coming up to the last song, actually, and boy, do we want to go through the entire uh, uh, etymology of... Uh, go like this. <laughs> go, oh, there you go. You want me to be, get more excited there? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so Peter, keep the hands out. Keep, Peter wants me to get more excited. There you go. I kind of like being in a, a nice, calm groove. Then get a podcast that does grooves. <laughs> okay. This is <laughs> FM Radio. Welcome. You got a real throat today. Thank you very much, but I want to use it. It's, ah, it's, I want to try good. to use the voice. Um, yes, so this is a very lovely song that doesn't require explanation because, I mean, who knows who Mrs. B is, right? Right. This was uh, when the Soviet Union was falling apart and uh, perestroika. And was it perestroika? Uh, yes. yes, correct. And I thought there was some other expression they used. Uh, under Verska. Sure. Okay. Uh, this was a song called Mrs. B. And then uh, that for Mrs. Brezhnev, and then well, they went away, and uh, Gorbachev came along. So clever, frantics, we changed it from Mrs. B to Mrs. G. But this is the original one. And this is the original one. Mrs. Brezhnev. So all you family members and all you um, people who remember the Soviet collapse will have a howling good time howling listening time. to this. So song. much comedy came out of that. Oh my God, Soviet era comedy. <laughs> I can hardly wait. You know. They say, they say you should never fall in love with a woman who's married. Well, it's hard not to when she's a saucy Soviet like Mrs. Brezhnev. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Brezhnev, that fox in the fox bat. <laughs> that crazy dame in the mig, Mrs. Brezhnev. This song goes out to her. Who's that commie mommy? Don't you know it's Mrs. B? Who's all hot to Trotsky? Who else? It's Mrs. B. She don't take no Bolshevik, not our Mrs. B. She's the gal behind the man, she invades Afghanistan. Who's the only dish you can? It's Mrs. B. Legs as firm as the Ukraine. Hips that go from sea to sea. When you see her from behind. The Berlin Wall comes to mind Behind the Iron Curtain she's always flirting She's Leonid's one big fine Now why do men wolf whistle? Don't you know it's Mrs. B? Oh, who makes Moscow sizzle? Who else it's Mrs. B? Up, watch out for her missiles Who are Mrs. B? Loves reading Solzhenitsyn Cause she likes good fiction That's Mrs. B USSR the one for me KG, KG, Mrs. B How I long to be kissed By that bitchin' communist She's not too far from living like a czar But don't call her a capitalist Now who's our commie dearest? Don't you know it's Mrs. B? Don't you know who we fearest? Who else is Mrs. B? Oh, who punishes severest? Big Mama Mrs. B From
Holy cow, that was the best of Frantic Times! Was it? It was! Written and performed by the Frantics and their Paul Chato, right there, Rick Green at home, Dan Radican up the street, and Peter Wildman standing here flapping his gums. Special guests, know it, it was uh, uh, Meg Ruffman, uh, Car- Carolyn Scott and Meg Butterfield. Sound effects and production originally done at CBC by... Kathy Perry, Dave Milligan was the producer, and then Anton Zabo, he came in towards the end of the series, but that's another story. Anyways, the best of Frantic Times, the podcast is produced by Derek Wellsman. That's him on the other side of the glass. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. We'll be back again next week with another one. Can I say that? Sure, let's lie. Boot to the head! Boot to the head!